You are listening to NALC's You Are the Current Resident podcast. I'm Brian Renfro, NALC Executive Vice President, and this is your podcast for Wednesday, April the 8th. We begin this episode with some sad news. We were saddened to learn that over the weekend, 51-year-old letter carrier Martin Harris of Scarsdale, New York, and Branch 693, passed away from complications related to COVID-19. 69-year-old letter carrier Johnny Tamayo from Branch 3867 in Pasadena, Texas, also passed away over the weekend from complications related to COVID-19. On behalf of all of NELC, we join with their family, friends, co-workers, all those that are close to them in mourning, and we offer our heartfelt thoughts and prayers and sympathies to all those, their loved ones, and those that were close to Brother Harris and Brother Tamayo. On today's episode, I want to talk quite a bit about some legislative issues that are going on that impact every letter carrier and could potentially impact um, both letter carriers and the the Postal Service, uh, hopefully in a positive way here in the near future. Um, And then at the end, we have a couple of questions, as we normally do, um, that that we'll get to. So let's begin um, with yesterday on April 7th, uh, President Trump in his daily briefing on the coronavirus uh, was asked a question about why the administration opposed financial relief for the Postal Service in the so-called CARES Act, or the third stimulus that was passed, uh, I guess, just nearly two weeks ago. So just as a a recap and a reminder, the third stimulus included for the Postal Service a a $10 billion, additional $10 billion line of credit with the Department of the Treasury, but it also included some... um, uh, conditions that, that would have to be agreed upon by the Postal Service and the Department of the Treasury to have access to that $10 billion. So the question that was posed to President Trump is why did he have opposition to the other uh, possibilities and proposals that were on the table for financial relief for the Postal Service uh, at that time in the negotiations that were ongoing? And the President responded in several ways, and I, I just want to cover Um, what was said, and just be sure that everyone understands and that we have some clarification and set the record straight on on what is factual about the Postal Service. And some of what I'm going to talk about is included in a a news article that has been posted by the time you listen to this on the NALC website, um, just about how President Trump has been misinformed about the Postal Service and its finances. So, as most of you are aware, and you've heard me talk about if you've listened to this podcast before, the COVID-19 pandemic has had a a drastic impact on the economy in this country, with so many businesses being shut down in in different industries, uh, which directly affects uh, mail volume, which mail volume is what the Postal Service relies on, the sale of stamps and postage for revenue. Um, And we saw in the third stimulus package that a lot of uh, large companies and corporations in different industries, such as the airline industry, the hospitality industry, were given, you know, very large sums of money as financial relief um, because they had had experienced exactly the same thing, a loss in revenue due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But there is a significant difference between the Postal Service and many of those large private companies. Those differences are that the Postal Service must continue to operate 
and still deliver. And we, as letter carriers, do that with great pride and I think understand and appreciate that we provide prescription drugs and, and you know, all sorts of supplies and mail and any soon we'll be delivering um, stimulus checks that were also a part of that, that the CARES Act, the third stimulus package. There's potential and, and testing beginning with us delivering um testing for us delivering tests uh, for the coronavirus and just all sorts of other um, goods and, and supplies that are necessary. Uh, our network, as letter carriers are aware, is, is crucial to this country having the ability to get those things to citizens when so many of our citizens, such a large percentage of the population of the country is, is relegated to being at home. Um, the president began by noting that the Postal Service had been losing billions of dollars for years. And, you know, while that is true, it is a little bit misleading. The, the reason the Postal Service has been losing money for several years is because of the, the mandate that the United States Congress and, and the President Bush at the time eventually signed into law to prefund decades worth of health benefits for future retirees. Um, without that mandate, the Postal Service um, would have lost significantly less money. In fact, that mandate's responsible for 90% of the agency's losses. And it's important to note, again, and we always do this, there is no other government agency, nor is there a single private company in this country that has this mandate. And we'll talk a little bit more about what we're, we're doing legislatively here just for the, the purpose of getting us through this, this pandemic in a few minutes. But if you just look purely at operations, as nearly every business does, the Postal Service has been profitable the vast majority of the time over the past decade. This has even been admitted by members of both parties in the House that recognize the prefunding mandate was a mistake. The solution's a bit more complicated, unfortunately, but certainly that's it. there's no denying that as it is a fact that that prefunding mandate is chiefly responsible for the Postal Service's losses. It was very clear from um, the, the president's response that he essentially said in so many words that the, the reason the Postal Service is, is struggling financially is they don't charge enough. Um, he, and, and we believe that the president has received this information from private shippers, our competitors, and perhaps some misinformed advisors that the Postal Service underprices um, packages and e-commerce and all the things that we deliver now. It simply is not true. Uh, the Postal Service, by law, is required to earn a profit on their competitive products. And competitive products are things like packages. Um, we have a, an obligation, as everyone's aware, for universal delivery of, of certain products that are their pricing is regulated um, by the law, such as letters and, and chiefly letters and, and some flat size mail. But for the most part, our competitive products are parcels and, and things that go through e-commerce. And it's just simply not true that the Postal Service undercharges. The Postal Service may charge less than some private shippers, but the reason is with our vast delivery network and the fact that we go everywhere every day anyway, the cost for the Postal Service to process and deliver packages is lower than it is for nearly any other um, shipper. In 2019, on just package services, the Postal Service's surplus and profit was $8.3 billion, and that's been verified by the Postal Regulatory Commission. So to say that the Postal Service undercharges is simply not true. And if you read between the lines here, it's very easy to understand why our competitors, who would, would like to earn more of our parcel business, 
um, would spread such rhetoric to say that they are being undercut because the Postal Service charges less. The reality is the Postal Service charges less because we can deliver for less. Uh, the last thing I want to cover um, is that the, the president suggested that we should raise prices on package delivery. And, you know, that seems like a, a very simple solution, um, but the, the, the result of raising prices on package delivery when it's really not necessary, as I mentioned, that pricing for packages and other postal products that are, are part of our universal um, mandate, they're, they're totally different considerations. But raising prices would likely lead to increasing competition losing more business, and maybe the worst thing of all with us being a public service and not a a for-profit company per se, is we serve Americans. And to impose a higher price on average Americans when it's not necessary would only hurt postal customers, average Americans, small businesses that depend on the Postal Service to to help them succeed in, in their business. And it what's a little ironic about this is that raising such you know prices like that and, and failure to address some of the financial issues that we'll get into in a few minutes you know disproportionately hurt those that live in rural states, those that live in inner cities um, that are just not going to be as well served by any other companies because unlike us, you know they don't go everywhere and we do. So I just want to encourage you to read what we posted. Um, it, it's it's an article that that basically tells the truth about what's going on with the Postal Service. It's in no way meant to or or does it attack any particular individual. It's just to clear the record and set the record straight and where it's obvious that the president um, has been misinformed, whether that was by his advisors, that was by other other private shippers, um, and hopefully this white paper or this web article, excuse me, that we posted um, will serve to provide some clarity on those issues. As, as we here in D.C., we'll, we'll continue to um, do what we do from a lobbying perspective and, and educating members of Congress. Okay, let's move on to what we're looking at looking forward legislatively with uh, the, the possibility of, of a fourth um, stimulus package happening, uh, rumblings, even though Congress is not in right now, they're back at home in district. Um, there are discussions in each uh, of the four corners, we call them leadership of both parties in the House and Senate, and I'm sure the administration are working on what needs to be done um, in any future stimulus package. So as it relates to the Postal Service, uh, we all, as letter carriers, have, of course, a vested interest in that. I want to just start by telling you where we are, um, what, what the the impact of the coronavirus and the, the pandemic that we're all experiencing is having on the Postal Service and the threat that, that, that exists, unfortunately, for um, not just us and our jobs, but for the service we provide to the American people. Um, so revenue, Postal Service, the money they take in from the sale of postage um, is, is what funds postal operations. It is a fact that because of this pandemic and the impact on the economy, um, the Postal Service is seeing significant decreases in mail volume. Um, Last week, uh, compared to the previous week, the Postal Service saw a 24% decrease in mail volume. That doesn't include parcels. That's just letters and and flats. 24% decrease. 
on the other side of the coin, parcel volume has increased. It's up. Uh, it was up about eleven percent using you know looking at last week compared to the week before. Uh, but overall, uh, as you know, the 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 biggest, the most profitable mail that we deliver is letter mail. So when we see such a significant increase in in letter and flat mail, uh, the bottom line is that's less revenue for the postal service while delivery expenses remain the same. So. Uh, there are, I mentioned earlier when I was talking about some of President Trump's comments, uh, the pre-funding mandate, and, and there are other larger postal reform issues that long-term need to be addressed, and, and you've, you've, I'm sure, read all about that, and I've talked about it some on this podcast in the past. But that's a conversation for another day. Where we are right now is we need to be in a position so the Postal Service, not just over the next month, two months, three months, but we're looking at an impact from this, this, the the pandemic and its impact on the economy. The Postal Service is going to feel an impact for months and months to come. We're probably looking all the way, you know, it, certainly into the next fiscal year, which begins in October, and potentially all the way up, if not into the following fiscal year, which is we're talking about October of 2021. Um, so there, there will be an impact that will be felt. But the service is so important to the American people that we believe it's on the Congress of the United States to do for the Postal Service just as they have done for many private corporations that are, um, you know, certainly experienced losses as a result. I mentioned earlier, you know, the airline industry, the hospitality industry, the business is not there. Uh, but the same is true for the Postal Service. And, and to be such an important part of, of not just everyday life, but definitely during a pandemic like this, uh, we, we believe it's a responsibility. It would be the responsible thing to do for the Congress of the United States and the president and the administration to uh, do what what needs to be done, which I'll outline just a minute, to be sure the Postal Service continues um, to be able to operate and, and be able to provide the, the universal service that we do. So this is a very simple ask. It's what we're discussing um, with with members of both parties on Capitol Hill. And I'm just going to go through point by point uh, so everyone understands. We created a white paper that's on our website. There's a, a link to it. If you go to the, the government affairs page, um, you, you'll be able to see it there and read more in detail. But I just want to highlight um, the, the, the things that we are taking to Congress to restore us to where we were and allow us to keep operating restore us to where we were prior to the pandemic and allow us to continue to operate. The first is that because we're a public service, that we believe in any future stimulus package that $25 billion at minimum should be appropriated to give to the Postal Service to help us weather the pandemic and this deep recession in the economy that it's causing. We have not received the Postal Service taxpayer appropriations other than some very small um, things for, for military voting overseas and, and mail for the blind since the early 1980s. That's a long time. Um, however, we have not experienced anything like this pandemic in probably any of our lifetimes, unless uh, those of us that have been around since, you know, for a very long time. Um, the second thing is, in addition to that sort of cash infusion, is to authorize an appropriation for the duration of this crisis, however long that is, that on a quarterly basis, whatever the difference is between the Postal Service's revenues and expenses, that they would authorize an appropriation to pay for that, to bridge that gap. 
Uh, this would allow us to continue to operate, provide the service we have, um, and, and really the Postal Service needs some ability to, to plan into the future and give a little bit of certainty, though not for a very long time, but at least during the period while this pandemic is still going on. The third thing is a kind of a minor thing. I know a lot of people are, are familiar, letter carriers, of course, with the previous, one of the previous stimulus um, packages, the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, which was the second stimulus, as it's called, uh, included some leave, something called emergency paid sick leave and, and extended family medical leave that applies to postal employees. Um, and this is just, uh, we're going to ask them to create a mechanism that the, the government reimbursed the Postal Service for the cost of that leave. Um, any other legislation that includes something about hazard pay for frontline workers? We firmly believe letter carriers are frontline workers. We have been discussing this with members of Congress, with leadership in Congress. We'll continue to do so. And, and before we finish here today, um, I, will, I will talk about a proposal um, that's been put on the table um, by, by the, the Democratic leadership in the Senate. But it, to be clear, any proposal, which there should be a proposal, there should be legislation that provides for hazard pay for frontline workers during this crisis, and letter care should absolutely be included in that. And the fifth and final um, ask for us is, uh, I, I talked a little bit earlier about in the previous stimulus, there was a $10 billion line of credit extended to the Postal Service that included a lot of, you know, conditions and, and, and had to reach certain agreements between the Treasury Department and the Postal Service. Is, it, that just needs to be removed. That, that whole discretion for the Treasury Department to, to essentially decide when to loan the Postal Service money and when not to loan the Postal Service money or under what conditions they would loan the Postal Service money simply doesn't make sense. The Treasury Department doesn't know anything about running the Postal Service, so they should have open access to that um, line of credit. So for you guys listening, um, those of you that are NALC members, uh, you can look for in the coming next couple of weeks, probably maybe starting pretty soon, um, we are going to do some education, just like we've been doing here in D.C., um, out in the field. We're so fortunate we have such an active membership that when we say, hey, we need to, to get after uh, this member of Congress or this senator and educate them on this issue, that you know you always respond, and that's a huge reason for our strength. Um, but we're, we will definitely do some messaging with, for, with this uh, issue in the near future. So I just encourage you to pay attention. If you don't have the app, download the NALC member app. You'll get push notifications. You may hear from your branch, your, your state officers, um, to cover uh, some more about uh, this, this particular uh, issue and what we need to do out in the field to be sure that you know, those members of Congress understand the importance of it. So we have uh, posted an article in the government affairs section of the website and also on social media about something I just referred to a minute ago, um, that the, the Democratic leadership in the Senate has created a proposal uh, to be included in future stimulus packages uh, called a HEROES Fund. And what the HEROES Fund would do is pay all frontline workers um, that make less than $200,000 a year an additional $13 per hour uh, for the duration of this emergency uh, or through the end of this year uh, for the pandemic. So it's a hazard pay type proposal. 
it would be capped at twenty five thousand total for a year. So you could earn, you would get thirteen dollars an hour, and then the the total you could earn would be uh, an additional twenty five thousand dollars in a year. Um, we have discussed this with Senator Schumer's staff, who this is where it originated, and, and Senator Schumer has confirmed that their intention is that it would indeed apply to postal employees. And if you read um, some of the articles, the official release that had some and some news articles that have comments from various um, you know various senators that were involved, Senator Peters from Michigan, who is the ranking member on the committee in the Senate that has oversight over the Postal Service, you know specifically mentioned postal employees in, in his comments, you know, related to this proposal. So this is something we've been discussing um, with with the members in the Senate in particular, because that's where ideas like this typically start. And we will continue to, to not just educate those on the Democratic side where this proposal came from, but also educate and encourage uh, those on, on the Republican side that this is something that should be done. You know, if, if we... Uh, take care of very large corporations that uh, struggle during the pandemic, we absolutely should take care of those that are on the front lines, uh, helping everybody in this country get through such a pandemic. Okay, um, I'm going to do a couple of questions. We'll, I haven't done Facebook in a while, so we'll go to Facebook. Uh, we had a lot of questions about certain topics, but I just want I'll cover a couple quickly. One we had was from uh, um, Julie Sanchez. And Julie asked if we are covered under the Families First Coronavirus Response Act with the two weeks of, of sick pay. And the answer to that question is yes, we are covered by that. Uh, in fact, there are a number of letter carriers right now that are using the leave that was provided in that piece of legislation. So I, I encourage you to do two things. One, look on the website. You'll see a statement from President Orlando that went up last Friday night. I believe that was April the 3rd. And also on the last episode of this podcast, we had an audio version of that statement there. It covers covers in, in pretty good detail um, how that works. Additionally, we should have available pretty shortly a guide that we've created to leave during this pandemic for letter cares. It's become sort of a complicated issue. There's so many different types of leave and what kind of leave can you use in certain situations. Um, so we, we've kind of put together a guide that it should be hopefully educational and, and useful for you and easy to use to find the information you're looking for. So you can look out for that uh, on the website. And of course, when we get it up uh, on, on the episode, on an episode of this podcast, we'll be more than happy to announce it. Um, the other question, we got a, just a number of questions uh, basically asking, you know, when will, from a number of people, when will every office have the personal protective equipment and supplies that the management has promised? Um, unfortunately, I don't know that I can give you a definitive answer there. I can tell you that we have ongoing conversation with the Postal Service about that. They have gotten the supplies they need for the most part, as far as from an overall perspective. Now it's being distributed. Um, the best thing you can do is let us know, let your branch, let your NBA know if you don't have supplies. And the basic supplies we're talking about are hand sanitizer, um, some kind of wipes or some other way, whether that's a spray bottle and towels or whatever to clean surfaces, uh, masks, uh, which you've, you've heard the CDC's recommendation there has changed, and gloves for those that want them. Um, you will likely hear from, if you're someone that's a, a branch officer, you probably heard from 
someone from your national business agent's office asking these questions. Um, if you haven't and you're you're a steward or you're just you're a, a carrier and you wanna you know you wanna tell someone what you have, what you don't have, let your branch officers know, let your NBA know. You can use our email, the COVID nineteen C O V I D one nine at NALC dot org. You can send us any kind of information like that. And what we do is collect this from around the country on a daily basis. We provide it to the Postal Service, say this office doesn't have this, doesn't have that, and then they use that to reach out to the the areas and districts here from headquarters and prioritize those offices. So if you lack any kind of supplies, those four things I just mentioned, or anything else that that you should be provided or you've been told you would be provided, please let us know ASAP. That's the most important thing that you can do for us is – and for yourself, is let us know, and we will be sure that we relay that information and try to get them there just as soon as we possibly can. Okay, um, I mentioned the COVID-19 email. We've gotten great response to that. I hope that's a resource you've you've all found useful. Um, it's, it's, it's a place where you can provide information like I just talked about. You can ask us questions and um, we uh, always ask you, just tell us, you know, who you are and what branch you're from, what your, your name and your branch, just because that helps us respond to you much quicker um, as opposed to having to have, you know, more back and forth. It just takes more time to get to the information we need to pass on to you. But continue to take advantage of that. Um, that's just an additional way for you to, to get answers or provide information. So as always... Um, Keep sending us questions. Give us your feedback. We, we appreciate you, everyone listening and, and letting us know um, what you think and, and giving us input. That's been a real um, useful thing for us to have those questions and, and helps us gain an understanding of, of what you want to hear about. So you can email us, social at NALC.org. You can always ask us a question on social media. The hashtag we ask you to use is hashtag Y-A-T-C-R-P-O-D. That stands for You Are the Current Resident Pod. So please follow us on Twitter, at NALC underscore national. On Instagram, we're at Letter Carriers. On Facebook, at NALC dot national. We have a YouTube page called The Poster Record. And, of course, the website's where you can find anything in the world you want to do with your job or, or your union. That is NALC dot org. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we'll probably have another episode up. Uh, in the next couple days towards the end of the week and look forward to talking to everyone then. Be safe.